Hey, hello, 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 Tyler Bryden here. I hope you're having an amazing day. You know, usually I create videos, some, I got some sort of search engine optimization. I'm trying to create a title on something that I might believe is trending and pick up some traction. Uh, today, I've got a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a rant, um, but I would call it just sort of this thesis um, that I'm building. And that thesis is around you know, why marketers aren't yet fully relying on AI generated content. And um, I spent some time on the weekend, like, uh, you know, many of us do watching some watching some videos, some great ones uh, that I can recommend. Um, Emod from Stability AI, a great interview at um, Transform with Scale AI with um, with Sam Altman here, who's um, uh. the, the CEO of OpenAI. Uh, another one with Ema, actually uh, one, one more with Ema here. And then this was actually sort of an interesting uh, video about one-click um, blog writing. And again, sort of what this brought me back to is thinking about uh, you know, all these posts that I've been seeing recently, and I'll see if I can find some and link them where people are talking about how they're, you know, they're using ChatGDP to create content brief, headlines, ideas, um, f yeah, f frequently asked questions, other, all these like related tasks. And, you know, what's really interesting is that they sort of dilly dally around the fact that, um, they're doing all of this and then, you know, with human intervention, creating that final content, at least this is what is being said. And, uh, and what they're skirting around the fact is that, you know, they're very close to using these engines to fully um, create content. And uh, what I, you know, sort of had a, a belief around here is that there's four main blockers um, to why they're not just doing this outright. Uh, and so I think I'll go in order here um, just to see like, why are we not seeing people rely on these engines for the full content creation process from conception to publishing right now? You know, they're coming up with the ideas, they're getting a, a, an article brief and then writing it. Um, but, um, you know, I think this shift, my, my prediction is this shift will happen if these blockers um, are eliminated. And so the first one is, now, I guess I could zoom in uh, a little on this, is that SE marketers don't believe that AI-generated content can rank in top positions on Google, especially uh, in competitive niches. And so there is talk about, um, you know, this idea that uh, people are building sort of um, content on their site, you know, maybe with these engines that is not their main high priority, but pad the website with content so that search engines can understand. But generally, if you are to want to like go super, you know, um, high quality, high ranking, top positions on Google, that SEOs and marketers don't believe that um, AI generated content is capable of that. Now, I will say I've seen some indicators that this is not true. I, I don't know how long that happens for. I don't know how long that remains before, um, you know, user behavior on the page sort of indicates it's not quality content or, these search engines then detect that it is AI generated content and then penalize that page and maybe even the entire site. And that leads to point two, which is they don't wanna be penalized by search engines for creating AI generated content, which I need to you know dive deeper into this, but you know, does it explicitly go against the terms of service? I believe there is um, you know, so, uh, some, some video sort of presentations by Google on this and some written pieces, so I'll link that uh, below. But you know, I, most people know that this kind of uh, AI generated content or what used to be content re rewriting, which was very sort of 
you know, if this word is this, uh, exchange it with this synonym, and if this phrase is this, exchange it with this phrase, that means the same thing. A very much more sort of archaic version of what we're seeing with um, these sort of um, sort of engines. And when I refer to these engines, I do have the links here. We've obviously got Jasper, which is one of the leading ones built on top of OpenAI. We've got writer.com, we've got CopyAI, we've got OpenAI itself, and then ChatGPT, which is sort of a different interaction layer with this. All these are links, you can check them out. There's many more. Um, that are have already emerged are emerging there's a ton of funding going in this space it's probably the hottest space this year in 2023 and uh you know so they're relying on these engines but um there's fear and uh and that fear of being penalized pages not ranked or being blocked or entire websites being wiped out and even that having consequences for you as sort of a you know ip address or google account you know i think if someone thinks hey maybe if i do this and i get caught and penalized this is going to affect my status to do other work moving forward so that's a huge fear if you're basically you know barred from uh, participating in a skill set that you have and i don't know if that's full um you know uh, well like, I don't know if that's true fear that can, of something can actually happen, but, you know, there's been, uh, you know, um, sort of black hat sort of behavior with websites and then throughout links to other websites, all of a person's or a company's properties have been destroyed. So uh, it's not completely, you know, unprecedented that uh, connections leveraged between sort of sites and people um, can all be disrupted by participating in, um, you know, uh, service or, you know, uh, activities that go against the terms of service. Now, if I jump on to point three, sort of talk about this overall risk of information and um, content quality that can lead. I think one is brand tarnishing, straight up just misinformation or, uh, you know, content that is not appropriate. You know, I've done, you know, in a small example of this, for example, is like, uh, you know, I've done some prompts where there's been links. I've asked, hey, can you include some links to references in there? And it would uh, link to 404s. It would link to competitors. Um, so that's one thing um, that could happen. I think just generally it, the misinformation or giving wrong answers is something. And so this level of human oversight in the current state is required. And then just generally, if the quality is not that good, the structure is not that good, uh, it's going to be... Um, you know, uh, a relatively maybe poor conversion path that is built. And obviously, you know, generally, and I'll make this point a little bit lower, the conversion is the incentive for most marketers, creators, writers who are doing this work, especially with an organizational content context and not, you know, for creative personal endeavors. And as I jump to, you know, point four, there are negative, um, there are negative societal and cultural content, uh, uh, cultural connotations to relying on AI for, uh, content creation. So um, to me right now, the sort of thought process is, you know, first of all, it's not good enough quality, but you're not, it's not, but it goes beyond that. It's not valid. It's not pure. It's not ethical. Um, you know, we've heard uh, Jason Kalkanakis interestingly talk about it on a, a recent, uh, you know, sort of podcast about derivative AI or degenerative AI, which is really, it's, you know, um, an advanced sort of plagiarism that scraped the entire web and is now creating, you know, uh, an array of words that uh, put together are original, but are generally just scraped from other data sources. And so it's the plagiarizer. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, for those reasons, along with just the ethics of scraping other information online and people's work, a lot of concerns ethically, and I think very rightfully so, but generally um, there's a, a negative connotation, negative perspective of people who, or companies who would rely on this. Uh, and so, you know, in that, 
instance, these are sort of four blockers that build um, that I sort of argue that if removed, um, I believe, and I'm you know, being selective with my words here, but like a large percentage of marketers and SEOs would use these engines for the entire process. And that's from you know idea to uh, the actual publishing uh, directly on the site. Um, and they would do that with little to no human intervention. And I think this is relatively being done already, I would say, uh, is that just people are relying on content farms, often paying suboptimal wages um, to these out, you know writers, many of them which are outsourced, and to create content that you know I sort of argue is just slightly above the quality threshold to rank on search engines. And so when we think of that, um, you know, the, the the main objective here is already being done. It's just being done by humans, but only because it doesn't get blocked by number two, number one, number three, and number four. Okay, so good. All, well, I mean, there are some negative uh, connotations around hiring and, you know, paying for wages. And we're seeing this at a larger scale in media companies that, um, you know, even things like New York Times and things like that, where it's just, a, you know, a army of people typing uh, all day. And, um, you know, we're seeing people trying to overcome, I would say specifically point two right now, which then helps them jump over these other parts, which is, hey, they're going to get do a first draft in um, these engines, and then they're going to get another engine or maybe the same engine to rewrite that content so they can get past the AI generated content detection in point two, because they don't want to get penalized by search engines. And then I think they can, you know, uh, you, you know, with a little bit of human oversight can also jump over point one about the quality to rank in competitive niches, and then also jump over the uh, ethical or pure test uh, that is emerging from this. And, you know, at a core level, what my thought process around this is, is that a lot of us are creating not because we want to create, but because we have to create. And um, I know as someone who not only creates just personally because I like to, but also because I have a company that I'm trying to market and have more people sort of uh, find out about and use that the desire or not the desire, the force that compels me to create content in our team to create is significant. And the reason is that search engines, you know, they reward consistent, constant, fresh content. Obviously it needs to be quality, but um, the, the pace that you uh, do that at is, you know, quite significant. And I would say that, Companies who don't have the resources, I would say, have big companies or venture-backed companies who can afford to hire all these writers and do all this, all of a sudden have this tool and technology at their hand that can help them match the performance of, or at least the output quantity of, you know, large venture capital funded teams or big companies with, uh, you know, a few lines of code, some prompts, some Zappy integrations or whatever it is to make this happen. And if you are feeling like you're, um, you know, behind already um, because you don't have the resources, the budget, um, you know, the incentive to then rely on these technologies just increases further. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, we are seeing already, you know, creators, um, people who are, you know, even starting for a, uh, you know, a creative endeavor or personal endeavor starting to get burnt out by trying to publish at the rapid clip that is demanded by these sort of platforms, whether it's again, YouTube or Google or even TikTok and Instagram. And, and you know, this kind of content is rewarded by the algorithms of that system. So they're getting burnt out trying to create in, and maybe those are 
personal endeavors that they're doing, but maybe they're also, um, you know, their personal endeavors like that pay for their life. They pay for uh, it to sustain. And so, um, you know, I, I think where this is headed is that if we look at the exponential pace of improvement in these four blockers are eliminated that I've put up here, um, uh, we'll, we'll see just a tsunami uh, of automated creation um, that, again, does not just displace these content farms, these outsourced content farms, they actually displace quality creators. And it comes back to that that truth that it, a lot of us are creating not because we want to create, but because we have to create. And I actually shared this um, as a post on um, LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, I'm not getting too much feedback on because it, it sort of supports uh, this rant uh, endeavor uh, that I'm sort of talking about. But, uh, I, you know, I got a nice comment from a friend and, and responded to that comment. And there was um, an interesting post that I'll also share if I can, uh, you know, duplicate this. I'll pull this off the screen from the uh, one of the writers um, at uh, or not one of the writers, but one of the team members at Writer, which is one of these uh, companies. And so it sort of just was happened at the exact same time that I had sort of put this post out and talked about eight, you know, eight generative questions, uh, questions that are coming to CMOs in the boardroom. And, um, you know, here's the questions that are coming. So uh, is the hype real? Sort of talking about, I'll share this as a link. How can we use it right now? The, the biggest use cases uh, are, um, sorry, I'll get that out of the way. Um, the, great, the biggest use cases are creating content, marketing, support, sales. So that's already happening. We already know that's happening right now. How should we incorporate it? How will it affect our customers? How can we do more with less, especially in this uh, recession environment where people are getting laid off? How can we, uh, you know, uh, rely more on technology? So that's another force that is driving this forward asking about the risks and that was something that uh you know i sort of talked about the fact checking the misinformation the brand tarnishing that could happen how do we train our organization to be able to use this technology so that's another question and force that is going to be driving in 2023 and then are our competitors using it and hell yeah your competitors are using it if we look even at jasper on the company's 10 hundred marketers these are not small companies mm. Uh, using this Google themselves are using it and even though they might have you know content that goes uh, against their terms of service it doesn't really matter when you control it all so I just wanted to sort of wrap up because I had this uh, sort of point um, that came back from uh, you know my friend who commented on it who said you know they shouldn't you know marketers shouldn't be just copying and pasting this and uh, you know what I sort of responded is like and first of all I would love to hear your thoughts if you have it is that generally marketers put into a job role, they don't care about the content they're creating. Maybe they're lucky enough to have that alignment, but they're being incentivized to drive impressions, clicks, conversions. And uh, my friend's company is called Rocket VR Health. Shout out, Nick. But if you could successfully acquire customers and build an amazing business at Rocket VR Health without paying a bunch of marketers and writers to create that content, I'm guessing you would. Why would you not? We're forced to do this to drive demand, to drive business, to uh, make sure that um, we can grow our businesses. And so um, it's a force that is um, almost uh, too big to be reckoned with. And, uh, you know, while in the current state, the, you know, some of the quality that comes from these engines doesn't accommodate that and lots of use cases or sort of prompts where it breaks down or doesn't have the relevant information or links to 404, all of this stuff, um, then 
then it, it doesn't work in the current state, but it's going to comp- continue at a rapid speed. Sam Altman in that interview talks about how humans struggle to me- build mental models around, um, uh, you know, around exponentials. And I, I believe that too. I think it's very hard for us to fathom when I was, you know, I've been following this space for a long time and I have these like, sort of shitty prototypes that I had been building. And, uh, even th- then I, even then working pretty deeply into it, hacking things away, I did not uh, expect this to happen at such a high speed. And uh, a mod from Stability AI is a great visionary around how quickly this is happening along with um, Sam. And Sam doesn't like to make time-based uh, predictions, but Emod will. Uh, and that, so that's super interesting. So moving forward, it might not make sense for marketers to even create themselves because it's just the time versus benefit versus risk versus reward is just doesn't add up anymore. And more weight, what I sort of put here is that we'll be put onto prompt engineering and deciding what content to create. But at some point, SEMrush, Ahrefs, and other tools will integrate these engines to enable the competitive analysis, the research, the con- content ideas, all the way to the publishing. And then I sort of argue even optimization post-publishing. So once your page is live, um, a great example of a, a tool that sort of does this already is like Surfer SEO. I love them. Uh, is like it says, hey, you know, uh, one sec, I'm trying to move this over. Uh, if I can, here we go. You're there. Is like once your page is live, it gives you ways that you should improve um, that page with other keywords and blah, blah, blah. Uh, if this engine can detect it, then it should be able to automatically rewrite it when it's already hooked in Jasper and stuff. So all of this is coming. And then I ask, you know, when does that, ha- when that happens, what roles do marketers, what role do creators play? Uh, and, and that role I'm guessing is going to diminish on the, on the very, um, you know, intense side disappear. So then what does that leave us to do? So I think I might be over dramatizing here, but that's why I'm, you know, sharing this video. And I'm also looking for um, perspectives. Um, you know, I'm also following the space, you know, pretty, you know, nicely connected to a lot of people who are driving the innovation in this space. And, uh, you know, they know things that we don't know. And the way that they're talking and looking at the future is operating out of a paradigm that I still think is, uh, ahead of many of ours and if we don't understand the paradigm you know if they're operating say even six months into the future uh you know imad talks about real-time generative experiences not just with text but with audio and video where we're rendering environments you know uh you know rendering environments in front of ourselves um then even that why would we need marketers and creators to create objective content when we can render environments ourselves to be completely conducive and personalized to ours and i think that's a stretch i think we always are going to want to have content created by others that we consume but one of his you know emod's interesting arguments is that it feels and i believe this is it feels better to create than consume these tools allow us to do that and if we can head towards a space where we're all capable of creating personalized things that just resonate with us deeply the need the desire to interact with um, more sort of objective um you know sort of content that marketers and creators are creating may at least have some impact there so that is my video on uh you know why marketers don't yet fully rely on ai generated content i'm not sure if that's the right title i'm sort of workshopping this but i would love to hear your thoughts i know i probably sound a little fired up in this Uh, i had a lot of sort of uh, intersections of things happen at once to sort of drive this thought process and then me wanting to share this video and i hope that it's uh you know worthwhile 
I do think, you know, there's some huge shifts coming right now that I'm going to create some more content on. Microsoft buying, it looks like, maybe a 49% stake in OpenAI, integrating it directly into Bing, but also into Word, Outlook, all of these systems. So huge distribution instantly as they figured out the mechanisms to pull it and interaction layer that we have. And I'm talking to people who I would never expect, who know I work a little bit in this space and talking about how they're using ChatGPT and all this stuff. It's just mind blowing the speed that it's moving at and how people are feeling about it in the adoption layer. And that's why I'm sort of passionately, uh, you know, creating and talking about it myself. I actually feel like I want to create, I don't have to, um, but I have felt that pressure many times already just the having and wanting to publish on a consistent basis. And I think that's a push for us all, whether personally or professionally. And I uh, would love to hear what you think. Hope you have uh, amazing uh, rest of your day and look forward to reconnecting soon. Bye-bye.